How is the current credit crunch crisis affecting the healthcare industry? You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Everyone's been focusing on the wild swings in the stock market, but for the healthcare industry, the more important index is the liquidity of the credit markets. This is the Business of Medicine, and I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, your host. My guest today is Craig Standen, Senior Vice President within the Healthcare Finance Group of Ziegler Capital Markets. Craig, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. Well, can you help us, because we're physicians and supposedly we're not very good with finance and business and the stock market. What's the credit market? What's the debit market? How does that, how does that even affect me as a physician? Well, I mean, right now, the credit markets are, shall we say, tad bit dysfunctional. And by that, I mean in that there's a lot more sellers than there are buyers. And how that might directly affect you and your fellow physicians is that many work at hospitals and those hospitals need to access capital Mm -hmm. to fund the projects, adding new wings, buying expensive equipment and, and the like. And right now, there really is very little, if any, access to capital for the broader range of hospitals that would look to those markets to access that required capital. I mean, the vast majority of hospitals in the country are nonprofit healthcare organizations who predominantly issue tax-exempt bonds, either floating or fixed rate or various other structures. But right now, there's a lot of issuers or borrowers who are looking to access capital, and there's very few outlets for that capital right now. So as an example, let's say I am a radiology department and I want to buy a new CAT scan, and I go to GE and uh, I want to finance it. And what happens? Do they say, I'm sorry, you can't finance this anymore? Because, you know, you would think the hospital would have good credit. True. Probably the median credit quality for hospitals in the country, and I'm, I'm looking at really the hospitals that are rated by the three main municipal rating agencies, Standard & Poor's, Moody's, Investor Service, and Fitch, is probably in the mid, mid-A category. So there's a lot of larger systems and single-site facilities that are rated higher, but there's also a large, large number that are, that are rated lower investment graded in many cases, some investment grade or non-rated. So when they go to providers such as a GE or if the finance department at the hospital looks to access tax-exempt bonds, really that decision of investors to provide that capital either directly in the case of GE or through investors like you and me when we invest our money with bond funds, it's really based on the credit quality of the hospital. And as those hospitals, many hospitals have seen their financial profiles deteriorate, at least most recently, because of a couple of different dynamics that are occurring. Interest costs are going up. Investment returns on their investment portfolios are going down. More patients are presenting at the hospital who might have less insurance or no insurance because of what's happening in the broader economy. And so as the financial profile of these hospitals you know, looks looks less strong to potential investors or credit providers, there, there's a hesitancy, and it seems to be all pervasive at this point, to provide capital to the hospitals that need that capital in a very intensive sector. Well, what has to change for the first company to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to start lending. I'm not going to wait for everyone else to start. What unfreezes this? That is the quintessential question because right now there is a general, well, there's a couple of things that are occurring. As you and I as investors in bond funds see the, the, the dismal returns in those funds, a lot of us are saying, well, I want to pull my money out. So right now we're, see, we're in a situation where there are net, net sellers in the market, meaning bond funds have to raise cash so that you and I can pull our money out. So what we've got right now is a dynamic... A, a, a huge supply and demand imbalance. Lots of people wanting credit and are wanting capital, and there's no net buyers, or I should say, 
fewer net buyers than there are for the available supply. But right now, there's also a, just a general, I guess, fear, fear. is a fear is a, is a term we could use on what the future holds for the broader economy. And looking specifically at the healthcare sector, just the strength of the sector in general. Well, we both know that there's two emotions that drive this. The other one being greed. So when will we get greedy again? <laughs> we were we were in a period probably for the last 24 months where rates were were very low and and credit was very cheap from the standpoint of where interest rate levels were and where deals were able to get done and how at what levels capital could be accessed and and maybe we're new into a new paradigm or or a new world a brave new world and maybe people don't like what the brave new world has to offer. Rates have gone up dramatically and dramatically by probably 2 3 and 4% higher than they might have been just say 8 months ago even for stronger credits stronger hospitals larger systems and that that obviously crimps budgets it crimps the ability to you know fund these large capital projects and and do the things that hospitals need to do to provide access to care for the broader population well i don't think it's so terrible if a hospital doesn't go out and you know buy more toys or more CAT scans, how else are they being affected? Are they, is their payroll, is their ability to meet payroll even being affected? To be sure, there are those hospitals out there that are either finding themselves or may soon find themselves in much dire circumstances. I mean, you think of kind of the big circular loop as, as unemployment grows, state and local governments are getting less in tax revenues, but looking specifically at the hospital sector, more people are going to the hospitals because they got to get treated if they're sick, and, and that's just a fact. There's more people presenting at hospitals with either no insurance or they're deferring the payment of their co-pays, and so that affects the hospital finances. And, and it's really it, it's starting to affect the broader healthcare sector in terms of just the financial profile, which really drives investors to, in decisions on whether or not they're going to buy bonds issued by those hospitals or provide credit in the case of, say, a GE that's looking to do a capital lease on a new CAT scan. So it's hospitals, it's, it's a very competitive market, but more importantly, it's a very capital intensive market because if the hospital down the street has the newest, latest and greatest, then the hospital that doesn't sees themselves at a competitive disadvantage and wants to find a way to write that differential between where they are and where their competitors are. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, your host, and I'm talking today with Craig Standen, Senior Vice President within the Healthcare Finance group of Ziegler Capital Markets, and we're talking about how the current credit crisis is affecting our industry, the healthcare industry. Craig, have there been any hospital failures? Are we going to see a uh, string of them, or does that not ever happen? No, hospital failures you know, do occur, and it is kind of rarer when you see a hospital closure or an outright bankruptcy. But as, as I indicated earlier, I, I do think that in the near term, you will, you will start to see more hospitals find themselves in a less favorable financial situation. But what I think that also will bring about is, is another cycle of consolidation within the healthcare sector. So the smaller hospitals hospitals that find themselves, or I shouldn't say smaller hospitals, hospitals of whatever size that find themselves not having access to capital might be in a situation where they need to partner up with another stronger entity that would provide them the access to capital, again, to provide care to the populations that they serve. If you were a CEO of a, a local hospital that perhaps was not part of a huge organization, what could you do to manage this, you know, manage this crisis to stay afloat and wait for it to end? Well, I'm sure there's a lot of CEOs that are having that very 
same thought probably at all different times in the evening. There's definitely probably pressures that will be brought to bear as it relates to payroll. You may see hospitals. In fact, we, we are already starting to see hospitals that are laying off to, to meet budgets or just to stem the, uh, the financial declines that they might be experiencing. It comes down to really being able to effectively manage the care that they provide for the patients that present, treating them in a cost-efficient manner, being able to manage your capital structure in terms of you know, what's your cost of debt that you currently have, and also looking very hard at the projects that you might want to fund or, or finance in the near term and whether or not those can be adequately funded either through philanthropy or cash flow or maybe have to, having to make that hard decision of deferring projects until the market figures out which direction it's going to go. It sounds like the CEOs may be faced to develop a leaner, smarter organization, so it may not be so bad. Yeah, I think you're right. Certainly the healthcare area or the healthcare sector has been moving solidly in the direction of, of employing more efficient modes of treating patients, you know, using more technology, engaging physicians to find ways to treat patients in a more effective, cost-effective manner, at the same time providing the highest quality of care. But certainly, I think this market dynamic we're in will require that CEOs look at their organizations from top to bottom and find ways that they can wring out extra costs and just find ways that they can, as you say, run leaner and smarter and, quite frankly, faster. Craig, are there any sweet spots in the medical field? I was reading in one of the newspapers that medical REITs are still an okay place to put your money. Is that is that even true anymore? Well, we've all heard about the asset bubble in terms of real estate values um, as it relates to residential real estate values, and some of those declines have been precipitous in certain areas of the country. But there does appear to still be a strong area of demand as well as you know, pricing and valuation levels for medical real estate. There's been a big focus uh, of a number of large and as well as smaller REITs in this particular area, but there does seem to be at least uh, fairly good support for the valuation levels for medical real estate in particular. And if we look at just the general average doctor out there, such as myself, I have not seen anything yet through the months of October, November, and early December. I'm waiting for something terrible to happen but I've been able to access my line of credit. It's intact. Uh, they haven't asked me to, you know, give a note on my home. So how are, are general physicians affected by this, or is it really just the big organizations? You know, I do believe that physicians on the ground in the... In the trenches. Exactly, in the trenches, the first point of contact for a patient that presents at the hospital or the office, will probably start to see that. We have heard and, and seen indications where, you know, banks are taking back committed but untapped lines of credit, and that's, you know, both personal as well as those lines of credit that would be extended to you know larger organizations but I think one of the areas where there there may or may not be pressures is really on the reimbursement side at the, the federal and the state level and you know I think as as we see potentially lower tax revenues given what's happening in the broader economy there's obviously pressures on the on the federal budget and and reimbursement both the hospitals as well as the physicians is certainly something that has seen wild swings in the at least in the near term speaking of federal impact Craig what do you think the president-elect can do when he gets into office to unfreeze this and help the, the medical field at the same time? Is there something he could do that would magically solve both problems? That's a very tough question to 
answer. I think he's really starting to, one, formulate his cabinet. He's appointed Tom Daschle to be his Secretary of uh, Health and Human Services, and I think he's widely seen as someone who really understands the healthcare sector and really kind of some of the challenges that it is facing. But we haven't really seen anything in gross detail in terms of what his plans are for the near term for, for the broader healthcare area. Uh, obviously, the key thing for a lot of these hospitals is just finding a way to access capital. I mean, the tax-exempt hospitals that issue bonds to finance these projects, really, they, I mean, they can't issue it. They don't have any equity that they can issue out to the public. And so really, their way to fund these projects and continue to deliver quality care is through the tax-exempt bond market or the or the credit markets in general. And until we find a way to unfreeze and I guess get some confidence back in the credit markets, there'll be some challenges, at least in the near term. I mean, our sense is that it probably is going to get a little bit worse before it starts to get a little bit better. I'd like to thank our guest, Craig Stanton, for joining us today. Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. Craig Stanton is the Senior Vice President within the Healthcare Finance Group of Ziegler Capital Markets. And we were talking today about trying to understand how the credit markets are directly impacting the welfare of the healthcare industry. You've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And if you'd like to reach us by phone with comments or suggestions, please call us at 888-MD-XM-160. And thanks for listening.